Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to us on Spotify and iHeart. Have all of our locally made podcasts come right to you. And if you're not already, subscribe to the email newsletter. It, re- it comes to you every Friday morning, and it sort of curates... Some of the great episodes we've had during the week of all of our great shows is just another way that we are bringing stuff directly to you. We don't want you to have to work. You do you do enough work as there is taking care of the kids, keeping the house clean, whatever business you have. So we want to bring the podcasts right to you. You don't want to have to scroll too much. So make sure you're following and subscribing on Spotify and iHeart and that email newsletter, which is free. And by the way, there isn't any spam that comes along with that because I don't even know how to sell your email addresses. (laughs) So if you're worried about, oh, I'm going to give Scotty the email address, I have no idea where to sell it to anyway. So the only email you're getting from us is those uh, episodes coming to you. So a lot to get to today, as there always is. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Chippewa Falls. Uh, and kind of something that is common around the area as the spring elections are right around the corner. It's a little disappointing what's going on, but not necessarily a bad thing. We'll talk about that, plus the story of a accused rape at the 2019 Country Fest, and we got a jury decision a couple of days ago, we'll talk about that because regardless of what you think of the decision, yay or nay, let's not forget the actual problem that there was. We'll talk about all that, but we begin with something a little bit more positive, and that is a big event coming to Eau Claire on Friday night. The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters will be performing at Zorn Arena. First time the Globetrotters have been in town in about 10 years. I think it was about 10 years ago the Globetrotters performed at Eau Claire North. Well, they're going to be at Zorn Arena on Friday night. I'm excited about it. Going to take my son Derek to watch the Globetrotters. Should be a great time. Now, I don't know if you know this is going on on Friday night. And judging by the ticket sales, Many of you don't, (laughs) because I was taking a look at the online ticket sales, and right now it doesn't look like there's an awful lot of people that are buying tickets for the Harlem Globetrotters on Friday night, and hopefully they get a good crowd there. The thing about Zorn Arena is that I think it can actually, on paper, fit 2,500, 3,000 people. But if you get 1,000 people in there, it fills up pretty nicely. So if they can get 1,000 to 1,200 people, it's going to look somewhat full in there. Uh, But hopefully they get a good crowd on Friday night. Many of the students are already going to be gone because it's spring break time. So you're not going to get a lot of the students. And it's not as though the students probably would have been the big demographic for this, but hopefully a good crowd on Friday night for the Harlem Globetrotters at Zorn Arena taking on the despised Washington Generals and 
I know I, I I've been to the Globe Trotters a bunch since I was a kid, and I'm the person that roots for the Globe for the uh, Washington Generals because I think it'd be fun to see the Generals win. And there was a game about 12, 13 years ago when I was in Des Moines that the Washington Generals had the Globe Trotters on the ropes. And the thing is, I'm not going to go through a whole sidebar with you on the history of the Globetrotters and what the Generals are, but for many years, the Generals truly were an independent organization, all right? They, they, weren't, they, they, tr- they would travel along with the Globetrotters, and they would play the foils, and they'd be okay, obviously, with the, the bending of the rules for the showmanship of the game. But the generals were a separate entity, and what would happen is as they would go to different parts of the country, they would get different players. So you'd have players for 10 games at a time with the generals, for instance, and these guys would go out there, and you know they, they knew that they probably weren't going to win, but they'd go out there and have fun, and you're chucking up three-pointers and all that. Well, on this particular night in Des Moines, the generals were banging down a bunch of three-pointers. They had some great Division three players that were on their roster banging down three-pointers, and the Globetrotters were struggling. And next thing you know, it's five minutes left to go in the game, and the Globetrotters are down by 10 points. You can't script it. You, you, you can't script shots going in and shots not going in. And the Globetrotters had to mount this big rally and eventually uh, overtook the, the Generals. But that was a lot of fun. In the, in the subsequent years, by the way, the Generals now fall under the Globetrotters. The, the General players are, are also paid by the Globetrotters organization. So I don't know how good of a game we're going to see on Friday night, but you're going to get all the, the same fun you remember when you were a kid and you'd watch Metal Lark Lemon on TV, you know, the spinning of the ball and the sweet Georgia Brown and the, the dunks, and we'll, we'll see if, uh, if old Zorn Arena's bones can handle some of the rim-rattling dunks from the Harlem Globetrotters. Should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see it come to town, and it's just a taste of what we're going to get more of when Sonnentag comes online in a couple of years. It's good to have toys and it's good to be able to play with the toys. This is the and this is the sort of thing I spend money on. Things like the Harlem Globetrotters coming to town. It's something I get excited about, something I can bring my kid, something I can bring my family to if my daughter and wife had wanted to go as well. I've been happy seeing all of these other events come to town, all these shows to the Pablo Center and, and people that get excited for various concerts and the such. I'm, I'm happy to see all those other events, but I don't get worked up to want to go to them. They're not in my wheelhouse. They're not in my sphere of influence. So this is, and this is something that really excites, excites me to have the Globetrotters uh, come to town. And hopefully, again, a few other people show up uh, to see it. This is being put on by stu- the Student Services Group, I think, with UW-Eau Claire. And I didn't get any extra tickets or anything. I didn't get any free tickets or anything along those lines. And while I talk about wanting a bit a, a good crowd there, selfishly, if you only have 1,000 to 1,200 people, that itself will make Zorn Arena look full, and it won't be overcrowded either. Uh and this is the sort of thing you're going to get more of when Sonatag opens up, and you'll, you'll likely be on the Globetrotters' annual touring list. Think about it. It's been a decade since they were in town, 
and a group brought them to Eau Claire North High. But every year they're in Green Bay, they're in Lacrosse, they're in Minnesota, and that that's oddly how I found out about the Globetrotters coming to town. I found out by accident. I still haven't seen an ad for the Globetrotters. I, I still haven't seen an ad for the Globetrotters. And remember, I call games at UW-Eau Claire. But again, this is not being done through the athletic department. It's being done by a, uh, a separate department at the university. But I haven't seen an ad, haven't heard an ad, haven't seen anything in the paper, haven't seen anything online. And I'm right in the wheelhouse. How I found out it was coming was I had looked back in December at the Globetrotters schedule because it's been about four years since I last took my son to see them at the Target Center. And I thought, hey, he enjoyed it. Let's see about going back. And I kind of wanted to see when they're going to be in town again. Usually it's March and April when they're over in Minneapolis and they are sometimes down lacrosse, all that. When, when are they going to be in the area? And I looked and I found out when, and I got an idea of when they were going to be in the area. And then about a month ago, I went back to go, all right, now that I have a better idea of what my March schedule is, when are they going to be in Minneapolis? When are they going to be in Lacrosse? When are they going to be in Madison? And can I make one of those dates worth to take my son? And as I'm going through the schedule, all of a sudden Eau Claire pops up on this day, on Friday night. And I'm like, what the heck is this? So yeah, we get the Globetrotters coming to town uh, tomorrow. Uh, speaking of uh, the Globetrotters, NCAA tournament, well underway. Hopefully your brackets do not have a lot of cross-off marks on them at this point in time. Hopefully you're excited about the NCAA tournament. I've got UCLA going all the way with this one. Uh, not involved in any bracket challenges this year outside of uh, one that we do just amongst us in the Montesanos with my, my two kids and my wife. I wasn't overly eager for the tournament this year. And not that I don't like college basketball. I really do like college basketball. But a combination of Syracuse being out of it, other things that have taken priorities, and maybe also the fact of kind of the weather. We'll talk about that in a moment. I, I just didn't feel the juice heading into the NCAA tournament this year. And I wasn't, we talk about a sphere of influence a lot of the people I, I've been interacting with in the last few days, they're not really big into the tournament. So I haven't gotten any secondhand excitement <laughs> for the tournament either. Oddly enough, it's my daughter who is the least of the sports fans amongst us in the family. She was the most eager for the tournament because she likes to just fill out the bracket. She likes the idea of the bracket and filling out the bracket. She's been begging for this thing to arrive for the last month. And uh, she was no doubt the first one in the family to fill out her bracket on Monday morning uh, as soon as uh, I was able to print those up. But the tournament bracket, tournament underway, uh, perhaps you're at an office where people are paying attention and, or maybe people have taken some longer lunches during the first two days of the tournament. Uh, obviously, Wisconsin's not in it. Uh, Minnesota's not in the tournament. Uh, UW Milwaukee's not in. UW Green Bay's not in. Uh, Marquette is in, but there's not a huge Marquette following in the Chippewa Valley. Though uh, those alums of Marquette, you know, you know, you know, let it, let it, you know, shout, shout to the ceiling. Let people know you are around. Uh, Marquette is very much in the tournament, and there are some people that think Marquette could do some damage. 
in the tournament. Still, though, it is a sign of spring. The NCAA tournament is here. It's a sign of spring. It's a sign of another fall-winter activity, winding down, closing up shop, and obviously that means spring is supposed to be here. I know everyone's getting excited to get moving again and get spring things going. Hopefully next week we get some snow melt. And looking at the forecast, it looks like it's going to be in the upper 40s most of next week if we can get some sun. Get some of that snow melt. Start seeing the lawns again. And that does a lot psychologically, I think, for people. Uh, was talking to somebody just uh, earlier this week, one of our clients, and the fact that this was a, a warmer winter than we've had, but the problem is, is that it's just extending. It's just extending. You know, we think about it. Three years ago when we had, at the start of COVID, we were having an early spring. Go figure, though. <laughs> we, we actually had an early spring, the, uh, the spring of COVID, which turned out to be a godsend, by the way, because imagine if we were all shuttered in our homes and couldn't even get out for walks and jogs and you know, everybody had strong, strong glutes and, and thigh muscles <laughs> those first few weeks of COVID because everybody went out for long walks and rode bikes and stuff like that. I'm looking at photos on Facebook. There was no snow on the ground at this time three years ago. But alas, here we go uh, with that. Of course, with the springtime means we've got spring elections and saw this story. And we've hinted at this a few times, and it's playing out. And that is the fact that you really don't have any contentious local races coming up on April 4th. This is not last year and the, the, school, the school board races or even the city council races. You don't have a lot of contention. Now you've got the, the state Supreme Court race. That's getting a lot of attention. But even the various referendums that are in some communities, uh, there's not a lot of pushback on those. So you're not getting a lot of controversy out of that. And as far as actual elections themselves for various positions inside of cities, many are unimposed. Uh our latest example out of Chippewa Falls, the Chippewa Falls City Council right now appears we're almost to the point where there's there's almost an apathy and it's led to it looking like there's going to be a couple of openings on the city council. Chris Gillum has announced he is resigning from the third district just weeks before his reelection. He was running unopposed. But he is going to resign from the 3rd District because he is moving out of the 3rd District. So he can no longer represent the 3rd District. He's moving out of the 3rd District. Now, he's on the ballot, but he's ineligible. If he wins, unless he moves back into the 3rd District, he'd be ineligible. And again, he's not arguing that at all. He, he's, all he's openly resigned. He's not trying to hide the fact he's not going to be in the 3rd District anymore. And then in the 1st District... John Minarski did not file paperwork on time, so he's not on the ballot. So you'll have, in the 3rd District and the 1st District, nobody running. In essence, nobody running. So write-ins, or more likely, the city council will ultimately have to have an application process for those two open positions. 
So suffice to say, not much interest. No one has any opposition in the Chippewa Falls City Council. The Eau Claire races don't have anything uh, of substance to them. And as I said, the the good part of it is that everyone's saying, you know, eh, just keep it going. Everyone's saying, keep it going. I have no major qualms. Keep it going. It's like a, it's like a, it's like any type of relationship. Are things perfect? Nope. But I see no reason in having to change it either. It's like going to a, re- it's like going to a restaurant. You may not like everything on the menu, but there's an awful lot on the menu you do like, and that's what people are saying right now in these various local elections. The bad side of it is you're not getting any competing ideologies that not only make the voting public think, but more importantly, fight off any type of, say, apathy from those in the position of power themselves. Because right now, if you're not challenged, even if you've got the greatest work ethic there is, there's only so much that's going to push you and motivate you to get better. If you have nobody that's... If you're running, what's going to make you run faster? If you're just going for a late... If you're just going for an easy jog around the track, or if you've got somebody that's coming up from behind on you. I don't know how many of you have ever written, have gone for a run on a track. Okay? Or even if you're just going for a walk around the neighborhood. And we all we all we all have this in our head. And I'm not saying somebody's trying to chase you down for something bad. But you're just going for a walk around the neighborhood or you're going for a jog on a track. And the next thing you know, there's somebody that's kind of kind of behind you and they're sort of gaining steam on you. Maybe they're, they're walking a dog or they're just running faster than you. And here you are for a while. You thought you were all by yourself and you were having a nice pace. And you look at the person behind you and it kind of pushes you to go a little bit, a little bit further. You're a little bit uh, faster. And you're thinking about it even more. And that's what we don't have when you have all of these unopposed races that are going on. Yes, it is very good that people are giving a a tacit thumbs up on the job that's being done. But the downside is, is that there are no other new ideas even being presented. And even if you don't want to replace somebody in a position, you've got nothing to compare it to. Let's use the restaurant analogy. You've got a restaurant in a town, but it's the only, you've got an Italian restaurant in a town and you like most of what's on the menu and you give it a thumbs up. But the problem is if there's no other Italian restaurant in town, what are you comparing it to? And that doesn't mean that the new place that's going to come in town automatically is going to take all your business. You may look at that and go, nope, I, I, I don't like that new option. I like the old option still. But there's probably some things from that new option that the old one can take and maybe even improve on those. That's what we don't have with these elections going on around the area, which again is uh, is disappointing. For all the talk again of people saying, you know, be involved and be involved and all that, you just you don't have a lot of that. Uh, 
Before we move on to the next topic, though, and the last topic for today, you also don't want people running out of anger. And that's what you saw a lot of last year. People running out of anger and people running on one singular platform. Which ended up being the ended up being the problem. They were running on, on one platform, one idea uh, that was motivating them as opposed to a greater good motivation. All right, then finally today, wanted to touch on on this. Uh, so a lot of what we get in the media, particularly from the leader Telegram, you don't really get a lot of it on the TV stations, and this is not a knock on the leader Telegram, but it's a knock on, on both, if you will, is because the TV stations don't cover these stories that should get covered. The thing is, the leader Telegram feels like this is all they have, but it's a, it's a window on the area. You get a lot of, a lot of court case stories in the leader Telegram. Uh, you know, dr- you know, drunk drivings and reckless drivings and stuff like that. You don't get a lot of that on the two TV stations, which I wish they would do a little bit more of that, but you're dealing with 21, 22, 23-year-old journalists that in many ways are learning on the fly. Regardless, a uh, story in the Leader-Telegram today of a, and remember, this is always good when we get the, the, the finalized story. I'm sure we all saw, I don't remember when it came out, I'm sure there was a story when this was first brought to trial or was going to go to trial but it's always better to read the story once a trial is over as to what happens so the story of a Boyd male who has been cleared by a jury in Chippewa County of an accused sexual assault at the 2019 Country Fest the Stanley Boyd male was I said Stanley Boyd but the Boyd male was 17 at the time, he's now 21, but he was 17 at the time in 2019, was accused of sexually assaulting a then 15-year-old, so both mid, mid-teens, a 15-year-old girl inside of a porta potty at Country Jam back in 2019. Uh, you can read the story for yourself, highly encourage you to do so. Uh, if this was a TV show, I, judging by the quotes, that were in the paper, and a great job by the paper covering the story. Uh, judging by the quotes, this would have been a sensationalized trial to watch, and it would have been fun if it was a TV show, but it's real life. So you, all, you have to catch yourself and go, these are real, real families, real individuals that are impacted by this. But it, was a, it definitely was a, a contentious trial. But the jury clearing the Boyd mail of the accused sexual assault. This is this is why I bring this up. Because while it's a Boyd male, and I don't know if they ref- reference where the, the female was from, but this is, you know, th- there's events that go on all over our area all the time. Not just these music festivals, but events that go on all the time. So it's a common potential of a situation. So this is why I bring it up. Because regardless of whether you think he did it, he didn't do it, uh, what's the, you know, the statutes and all that, bad stuff, the ingredients for something bad were right there. 
One, both were kids, and both were admittedly intoxicated. So they're both drinking underage. And spare me, by the way, the Wisconsin culture. Spare me that. Absolutely spare me the Wisconsin culture. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say if you're having a barbecue in July and you've got a 14-year-old teenager and you, you let him have a, a sip of, an old, of a Milwaukee's best, fine. But there's a, you know, there's a, there's, there, there's not a fine line. There's a chasm you've got to go to have your kid just become a drinking partner with you then. All right? There's a big, wide chasm. And let's be honest, these two kids were probably, uh, were probably in a group. We'll get to that in a moment. And they weren't just having a couple sips of alcohol. They were drinking. They, they were drinking. And something like Country Fest is a drinking event. And if you do not have the proper supervision around the kids, they're going to be enveloped in that. Which brings us up, where the hell were the parents? Where the hell was there any type of supervision? Where? Betcha there wasn't. Who, who, who amongst the kids approved? Who amongst the parents approved such things? I wasn't there, but you know, let's make some assumptions. Both the male and the female are in a large group, likely with friends. All right. So there's multiple parents, by the way, that probably should share blame. Now, maybe there were a few older people within the group here, but everyone's just having a good time. Everyone's having fun. You're getting a little loose. You're having beverages. You're talking a little loud. You're doing all those sorts of things. You lose your inhibitions. We all do. That's one of the fun things about getting a little little tipsy. You lose a little bit of your inhibitions. But whether this was an assault or a rape occurred, the jury's already decided that. This is not, and this is not, by the way, victim shaming or anything like that. This is more so, where the hell was the supervision? The young lady clearly made a mistake in the porta potty. All right, whether she was forcibly put in there or not, again, the judicial system's played out, but clearly she did something that at the end she clearly re regretted. The young man made decisions that he clearly now regrets. A 17 and a 15-year-old were put in that position, put in that position because of horrendous supervision from parents or other adults around them. And it's why I say be mindful of these things. You know, we all want our kids to grow up too quick. You know, we have two extremes. We have those people who think we coddle our kids too much, but then we got other people that practically let their kids run around the front yard with no pants on. Literally, there are some people that I think do that for like toddlers, so they weren't, you know, it's an odd way of potty training, but that's a whole, that's a, that's a whole other thing. 
I feel bad for both those kids. I feel bad even if the parents made mistakes. I feel bad for the families. Nobody wins in that situation up in Boyd. And the other thing, too, that is one of the unfortunate things, but I don't know how you fix it, is that that young man's name is out there. It's in a Google search forever that he was accused, and even though he was cleared, he's always there. And the female that brought the accusations... You don't know who she. You don't know who she is. She's she's a Jane Doe, and that's not by that. That's a whole other debate. That's a whole other argument. It, 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 that's a that's a that's a touchy topic that needs a lot of exploration for it, because no matter what, the, the, this young man's going to have this stain on a social media on a on a on a web presence forever. But again, think about that. As we have, you know, whether it's a big event that goes on in the area or it's a house party that goes on. As adults, we need to put our kids in good positions and be that safeguard behind bad things that could happen. 17 and a 15-year-old. Now, if this was a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old, I'd have a different opinion, 100% different opinion on it. But a 17-year-old, which is child of Jace, and a 15-year-old, which is a child, and they're both drinking, you know, not just having a couple of white wine spritzers. I don't think that was the case. The parents and the adult supervision led them into a very bad situation that ultimately ended uh, the way that it did. All right, back with you on Tuesday, another installment of Talk of the Town Then. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody. Here at Eau Claire Hometown Media, we're proud to have as one of our longest-serving partners the fine folks with Stokes, Prock, and Munt Funeral Chapel and the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Randy tells me the goal he has for the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Well, we want to keep growing, uh, and we are. It's uh, our our model is quite progressive compared to a lot of the others, uh, mainly because our Cremation Society is statewide and not just a local thing. You know, we go all over the state, all 72 counties.